When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Expose yourself. Show them what you're all about. Hello, everybody, and happy 2022. It is a new year, and this is the first new episode of Exposed Dragged Out. That is the podcast where I, Joseph Shepard, talk to some of the individuals who may have been on a RuPaul's Drag Race franchise. That's our first episode of the year, and I'm so excited to be kicking this off with somebody who was not kicked off of Drag Race because they left. Let's welcome, from Drag Race España, it's Enti. How are you doing? Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm doing great. Recovering from New Year's Eve, but yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm in Madrid, in my parents' house, yes. Okay, and then let me ask you, when you were growing up, where were you born? I born in La Paz. Bolivia, which is like the, the capital that everyone knows, but actually the capital of Bolivia is Sucre. But yeah, I born in, in La Paz and, and I went to Madrid when I was three years old, yes. Wow. So you kind of just went straight when you were just a little younger child. Do you remember any of um, Bolivia? Do you remember any of that? Not Bolivia, but actually uh, I have like a very, very uh, clear remember of what it was uh, to take the plane, the conversation that I have with my grandmother arriving to Madrid. It's weird, but yes, I have it. It's kind of like a, a trauma, but but yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. It's always like the little moments that you remember. You don't remember the big things. Like you just remember like those little things. So when you were growing up, were you similar to how you were portrayed on the show? Like what was little Enti like? I think uh, yes. I have the the lucky. I was lucky enough to to be portrayed good when I was a child. Like the part of Maria Isabel and everything, it was nice because it was true. Like since I was very very young, I was very artistic, very creative, very um, very gay. <laughs> so yeah, like my family really thought I was an artist, which I am. But I'm also a, a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Artist, but also a faggot. Hey. hey. Um, so when did you come out? Like, when did you, you know, realize, hey, you know what? Because you identify as trans and non-binary, right? Yes. So when did you come into that discovery of yourself? It was a, a madness, a true madness. Like, it was this kind of moments where you are very afraid of look at the mirror, which I always was. And then one day I was like, okay, who am I? Like, what I'm doing? these kind of questions like really hit me uh, very, very hard. And I was like, okay, I, I think I need to stop faking this masculinity, faking this, uh, like, I need to be a doctor. I need to be uh, like something with a lot of uh, college degrees to be something, you know, like 
it was a pressure that, that it really didn't fit me because also my personality is not like that. I'm not like a person who is like, oh my God, I love to study. Oh my God, I love girls. Like, it's not me. <laughs> I mean, I love women. Women are amazing, but not sexually. And yeah, like it was kind of like that moment, like, okay, I uh, was maybe 13 years old, 13, 16. Like it was this kind of uh, era, which I was like, like discovering drug, discovering everything, a lot of uh, a lot of things, and and also like, yeah, like I have two two um, coming out. It was the first one was like I'm gay, and the second was like I'm non-binary, which it makes more sense. And and also, yeah, I've been uh, coming out a lot. Also, I was like, okay, mom, now I'm doing drag. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. I can imagine that that is difficult too. Like, what is your country's reception to LGBT culture and stuff? Like, is it accepting? Is it not accepting? Um, how is that, you know, for uh, you? I mean, in Bolivia, we have some, I mean, in all South America, we have something which is colonialism, which steals, which means uh, when they came to our countries, they forced us to believe in his God. So his God tell us that only there is two sex and also a woman's have to be with men. And that thing stills in our countries, which before uh, the colonialism didn't exist. It's sad, but it's true. So my family and, and what I see in my country is uh, quite homophobic. <laughs> yes, there is not a lot of acceptance. But once we recover what we were, I think everything is going to be great. Yeah. I think that that is such an interesting um, perspective to look into that because I never necessarily considered that, that, you know, you have a whole culture of people, you have white colonialism coming through and then they are pushing a God on everybody. And then slowly throughout generations, people forget what was before and they just remember what was the agenda and that's like very, very sad. Like it kind of like kills off the culture. But also uh, we suffer it in Spain. Like even the white people suffer this, you know, because uh, in Spain we have like this fake liberty, which is like, okay, we have in the media uh, trans people, you know, like Veneno, La Veneno, this Syria. But that doesn't mean that they doesn't stop kill us, you know? So is it is it bad in Madrid? Is it bad in Spain? I think yes, for me, for my perspective, for what I see, being LGBT, it's a, it's a, it's a act of a revelation, you know? We still live in a system, so nothing changed. Yeah. When you came out, you know, to your parents, was that, did they accept that? Or was that hard for them to do? Like, how was that? For my father, it wasn't that hard because he was very open-minded always. But my mom was very, uh, very Latina uh, thought. Yeah, she was scared of how my life could be because she has a friend. His best friend was gay, and his parents take him out of the of the house, and he died like uh, of of cold, you know. So he, uh, she has very traumatic experience with LGBT uh, friends. So she was kind of scared, like how is gonna be your life? That scares her the most. But at the end of the day. She really loved me. She she's so supportive now. She does my nails also. She is my number one fan. Like she really opened her mind, and that's beautiful. Like people can change. People can grow up. People can really do things for for the people who they love. You know. 
Yeah, because I when I came out, my mom took it extremely hard. I didn't talk to her for like two years. And um, she's slowly coming around. It's taking the time, but she's slowly like opening it up. It takes because, time. Yeah, it takes time. And, you know, when they're when that generation is raised on those principles, like you said, and they're raised on this is the one God and this is the Bible and this is whatever, it's that's what they want. You know, that's their belief. So it becomes a little hard. Yeah, it's time. Everything is about time. Because also us, as people, like as LGBT, we take time also to understand things. So I want to know all about like drag. So you are what, 20? Are you 21? Yes, I'm 21. Yeah, 20 of November. <laughs> so you you started young and you were already so good at what you do and literally you I can tell that the time the effort the energy and your concepts are always really really great and spot on like you said like you're kind of like an artist in how you you know actually use your body as a canvas so I would love to know when was your first exposure to drag like when was the first time you saw drag I saw drag with a video of Ivy Magazine. It was a, a club kit. Uh, it was they were showing the New York club kit, club kit scene, and I was so impressed. It was also a mini documentary of Charles Jeffrey, uh, Lover Boy, the, the the brand. And for me, it was so fascinating that they take art as a as the next level. Like I'm not only using paint, and I am the paint. You know, like I am the sculpture. So for me, it was so impressive. I was God and I was like, oh my God, I need to learn more of this. And then I was searching and searching and searching and it ended up like this. Do you remember your first performance? Did you perform before you were on the show? Like, did you ever perform like out in clubs and stuff or was it, how did that go? Mm, yes, but not as a drag. Like I was a, a voguer and everyone knows me in Madrid as a voguer. So I was like, doing events, doing shows, etc., and also going to, to some clubs. But I never went to, as I said, like I started drag in 2020, but I started doing drag makeup in 2018. Because for me, doing drag is doing the makeup, but also performing. You said voguing, and that was a very common question. I had no idea till I started looking into you that, you know, you participated in like and you do the Spanish ballroom scene like how did you even get into that because you know drag and you know the ballroom scene is a very similar like you know aesthetic they kind of came from the same areas and everything so how did you get into that I mean yeah it was the destiny it was a destiny it was a, a friend of mine he was uh in Madrid doing some workshops etc and one day he told me, there is an event in a museum when the people from Ballroom is going, come with me. And I was like, okay. I went, I saw everything. I was like, this is what I, I born for, you know? I love drag. Drag is my passion. But Ballroom is, is like my essence. Ballroom saved my life, as I always say. So yeah, it was the destiny. It was uh, in a very special moment in Madrid, yeah. Do you still um, perform in the scene? Uh, not as much as I would love to because I took a, a break because of the money because I always want to present uh, myself as, as the best, you know, and so and the best means money. So no, I took a break because I didn't have money. So now they are kind of recovering also mentally and physically. 
I'm ready. I really want to to do Marlboro Run this year. Yes. We got to get you over here in America and you can be in New York and you can be going off. Like, I, I would love to see you in the scene. Like, that. that's so cool. I would love to. I mean, New York is definitely one... I don't really like the idea of New York, like all the rats and the and the crazy people, but I really want to go to to see where everything started. Yes. Well, there's a little show that you were on called Drag Race España. Yes. And you were on Lovely Season One. I wanna know what made you audition. Like how did you figure out about it? Again, I'm a very person of of, of that I believe the, of the destiny, you know. And it was something, it was something in the, in the airs. It was something that it was calling me like, you need to post more drag in your, in your Instagram. And I was like, something came in my mind and I was like, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to start to, to develop that part of me because I was doing also DJ. I was doing photography. I was doing makeup. I was doing hairstyle. I was doing everything. So one of a part of me told me like, okay, focus a little bit more of, of this because something is coming. And then suddenly, uh, advertising of like, Drag Race uh, is coming to Spain. And I was like, I need to audition. And everyone is, it was sending to me like, audition, audition, like you never know. And I was like, I will try. I will try my best because also I have a social panic. Uh, uh, like for me, talking in front of a camera, it was crazy. Like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't imagine myself like going to expose myself that much. So, so yeah. So you were very anxious about the presenting yourself to the world part, right? Yeah, I think, uh, as I always said, I'm an introvert uh, uh, doing the um, masquerade of an extrovert. So, so yeah, it was, it, it's a lot of effort. Yes. <laughs> well, you applied. When did you get the phone call that you got on? Do you remember that moment? I think literally one year ago. One year ago, it really? Was, yeah, it was thirty-one of uh, December, and I got the call, and and yeah, like I did, I had to do the audition in four days or something like that, and I was like, oh my god, how I'm gonna record everything in four days? Like I don't even have weeks, like I don't have looks, I don't have because I didn't have money. Like I was like, oh my god, what I'm gonna do? So in the New Year's Eve uh, party that we did with my brothers, uh, I was dressed up. I I put some feathers here and I start to talk to the camera like, yeah, this is Inti. Inti is fierce. She's shady. And yeah, like with nothing, I have to do the, the audition uh, in almost four days. And the next, uh, the next audition, it was uh, writing, you know? So I wait one week or something like that. And yeah, they told me like, okay, you're, you're in the next step. And I was like, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> How many more steps did it take until you got on the show? Like, was it right at shortly after that? It was kind of four steps. The video, the writing, the psychology test, and more questions that they do. Like, um, the last one is the psychology test. But before they do like a, like a little chat with, um, with everyone. So yeah, like they really want to know you. They really want to, to know your psychology. They really want to know uh, you as an artist and everything. So yeah, it's almost four, three steps. Yeah. Well, the big thing that I hear from a lot of Drag Race contestants and, you know, queens that have been on the show is 
when you have those few weeks to get your looks together, it can be a hassle. <laughs> How was that for you? The first time that I took a Xanax, it was uh, preparing for a drug race. Like, I couldn't even sleep because my mind was like, okay, now this and this and this. Because also, we have only two weeks to prepare. And also me, no money. So I was like, mm, talking with someone. I, all my looks were, they give it to me um, prestado, which is uh, like I have to give back. How do you say? Mm-hmm. Kind of like loaning or like borrowing? Yeah. or yeah. They were borrowing me a lot mm-hmm. of looks, a lot of uh, friend designers of mine. So yeah, I was talking with a lot of designers and, and also uh, with people who were creating costumes from, from zero. It was a madness. It was horrible. <laughs> And thanks God that I have the long hair because otherwise I will have to talk with even more people. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah, because of wigs and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you get on the show, you walk in the workroom. Did you know any of those other girls before? Yes and no. Uh, some of the girls, of course, are, are iconic in the scene here in Spain. For example, Poopy. I was a big fan of Poopy. Like I have a picture when I was 15 years old with Poopy. So yeah, but other people, I didn't really know them. For example, Arantxa, like I really, I never heard of it, but because also I was living in, in Belgium. So I I couldn't have the chance to go to see one of the shows of, of her. So yeah, I didn't, really, I, some of them, I, I met uh, them before because they are, they're known, but others are no idea. Yeah. Well, speaking of Arancha, I sent her a message and I said, tell me anything I should know about Inti. She responded, she's a cunt. I love Ah! her. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. She's the most shady queen of all of them, eh? Believe it or not. Yes. (laughs) She seems like the shadiest, but she also seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always laugh with her a lot, at her also. (laughs) Well, you're on the show. You know, you are showing off your looks. You are competing. You have this beautiful moment of the, when you guys all had to um, give an homage to uh, La Veneno. And you, I thought, were beautiful and stunning in the outfit that you had. The, of course, the most famous titties in the world. What was that like for you? Because you also, all of you guys got to actually come out in front of Paca. Like, how was that? It was, it was crazy. Actually, one of my favorite parts of the show for me, like as experience, because La Veneno, now she's an icon, but before she was very like, you like, who is this trans girl? Like, why she talk like this in Spain? So, but I always loved her. I always loved her. Like, I love the way she talked. I love the way she was like, like shameless with everything. So yeah, meet Paca uh, and honoring her in my way. It was very special to me. Yes. Do you have any favorite moments from when you were on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> mm, Yes, I guess. I'm going to be real. It was hard. It was very hard. Was it? Because, yes, I think all of the all of the uh, rude girls can empathize with this because it's the first time that you go to, to, to do a, sh- a TV show, mostly of them, 
of course all, so all of uh, some of them done already uh, some tv shows but for me it was the first time and i kind of have uh, a a little knowledge of how tv works but not when you're there it's it's other thing it's completely different so yeah it was kind of hard <laughs> but the good part about the show is uh i met my family my my sisters and also now i have the opportunity to meet more nice people so yes yeah and then also like you know even if it wasn't the best experience for you it also gave you you know a little bit more of a platform to kind of do things with which even though it like it's a tip for a tap but i, I yeah it's it can be difficult let me ask you when what was the reception like from fans like did you see a difference? Did you have international people reaching out to you? Did you have like what was the the dynamic like? Well, I had the feeling that I will I will not connect with Spanish people, even if I am Spanish myself, because Spanish people is very special. They they are like very like they love Spanish things and, and they love their people. So they are I think happens the same in United States. I think there is like, they really are kind of difficult to connect and empathize with POC people, which is kind of true. So, so yeah, I have more international uh, fans than Spanish people, definitely. And also that's why I was kind of afraid to do the tour because the tour was only in Spain. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to do boo to me. Like, it's going to be a mess. But at the end, I did a good show, so they really loved it. But they still been like mm, with me. <laughs> oh, well, you know, let's get into the moment. You know the moment. Do you know the moment? Do you know? No, no. Uh, um, I think I know. You think you know? Oh, <laughs> okay. So you come out. It is the Roots runway that you guys had to do to kind of like give homage to your heritage. And you came out and you were looking extremely beautiful. But the judges did not totally agree with your look. And you had some comments from multiple of them. And not only do you get it kind of once when the first critiques come through, then because you're in the top and bottom, they come back through and they'll do it again. So I would love to know what was going through your head during that moment because you know you did look like you were full of anxiety you did look like you were not taking on the words that they were giving you as well as what a lot of people probably thought on the internet and i know that you had the trolls and stuff come against you but i would love to know like was there anything that we didn't see like what did it mean to you? Like, what was the reaction that you gave? Why did you feel so strongly? I mean, if you didn't saw it, it's because you couldn't, like, they can show you. They, they can show you. So so I cannot say that much because also, um, you know. We but was, have... was, there more, was there more that went down? Oh, child. Um, there is a contract. Uh, which we cannot uh everything that we say we it can uh like you cannot say bad things so i mean yeah like every television show it has some some editing it's normal and there is some parts that they didn't show but um 
my mind in that moment was focused on on winning like actually that episode uh, you can ask Carmen you can ask Dovima you can ask everyone that moment because we were teams also the winning was for me in Sagittarius like I literally since I woke up that day I was like Sagittarius we're gonna win we're gonna win she was like yes yes like we have so much fun like it was amazing that day so I was kind of like up here and suddenly boom but I think it's correct also like if they don't like my outfit if they don't like how is my humor it's okay it's perfect like we're in a competition I'm here to win but also I'm here to have fun yeah well, I, I would love to know when you were on stage and when you were getting those critiques, when was the moment that you knew, hey, I don't think I'm going to lip sync? Yeah, when because in Drag Race, there is always three, uh, six people in the main stage. There is uh, two bottoms, one win and two safe, no? Like one top and one safe. So that day... If you can see, like, we were only four. And I was like, okay, why we are four? And yeah, the thing is the I'm going to be in the bottom after the critiques. And something in my mind was like, okay, it was the most special runway for me ever in my life, in the history of my life. That outfit means my life. Like, literally, that's why my mother came to Spain with 20 years old. Like, for me, it means a lot. Like, immigration queerness it means a lot so it was my best outfit and they didn't like it i did my best in the challenge and they didn't like it i didn't have any chance to win the competition like i really gave my best so that moment i was like i don't want to be the doc who do the lip syncs all the season which is the typical thing you know like they always choose one token to make them lip sync because they're good at this but i feel like i was good at other things but i didn't see it like at that lip sync, I could do it and I could win. Of course, like, Dovima couldn't even move. So, uh, and, I, and I could move, like, I could take my shoes and I would give the voguing and they would be like, ah, and I would be like, kaka, kaka. But I was like, they don't deserve it. Like, I'm not going to do that lip sync because I'm not going to be that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, what I'm taking from that is that you felt in that moment, you were like, I gave you my best. This is my best drag that I'm wearing right now. Mm -hmm. And this is what I know I brought that is the best. So if you guys don't like this, then everything else is probably going to go downhill. And you didn't want your image to keep going down and down by continually lip syncing. Yeah, not my image, my track record, because uh, people who lip sync a lot, they don't get the chance to win. So for example, Chase, all the POC people who lives in a lot never get the chance to win. Also Roxy Andrews, for example. Yeah. Roxy Andrews is a fucking legend. She she made like after after her lip sync, everyone wants to do reveals, a good reveals, you know. I mean she made history, but she didn't get the chance to win. So I was like, damn, like she gave you the most special part of the programs apart from other big moments with Alisa Edwards, etc. But she didn't win. Like I was like what they want, like, yeah, you know? So when you're in the workroom, I think that's the first time we've seen people, we've seen people leave before. We've seen that happen, but we have never seen it done in the fashion that you did it. Ooh, you walked off the stage. You are stormed off the stage. 
you started taking the makeup off right away. You started putting on your clothes. You took off your outfit. You were already in it. You were like ready to go. Like, <laughs> why did you? Why? I was calling. I was calling the Uber. Yeah. Yeah, you were already calling the Uber. The Uber was waiting outside. You were like, charge it to the to the show's account. Um, <laughs> What was it like in that moment for you? Like, I saw the other girls, like, Rancho was coming around you and stuff, and then, you know, the Supreme came in and tried to talk you down. Like, what was that like for you? I was not there. I was focused on escaping, almost. Like, I was like, no. I was no, no, no all the time. My brain was no. So everything that people asked me, I was like, no. I mean, they asked me also, you want to take some air? I say yes, but I couldn't. <laughs> So looking back on that moment, do you have no regrets for it? Or do you think that you should have done anything differently? No, no, no. I mean, I'm not ashamed of my actions in the past. Never, never, never. And, and if, if it happens, it happens because of something. And I think I didn't have any chance to win that competition. And I didn't have any chance to grow up, you know, as an as a artist. So I feel kind of stuck in that moment so i think outside of the competition and maybe in another competition maybe an international all-star <laughs> maybe i have the chance to to really grow up you know and and yeah who knows what was reception like after that episode it was uh, polarized feelings people are really support me and gave me beautiful messages and very long messages saying like, I believe in you, you're amazing, Anna. And some other people really took personal. It was kind of like I insult them going outside of the competition. Like, because I was inside of the competition, I have to be all the time because, I don't know, it was weird. So yeah, it was very polarized feelings <laughs> with the fandom. How do you deal with the negative? I don't deal. I don't I don't focus on it. So that's good. So yeah, for me I don't understand why we focus on the negativity because we have so much love. We have our family. If our family is, is healthy, perfect. If we are healthy it's perfect. So why we focus on one comment in the internet? It's like it's like damn, like that people may be suffering even more than you. So God bless them. Well, that's a good outlook too. And like when you don't read those things or you don't pay no. attention to those things, it is so much more helpful and beneficial. Like when I put out videos and stuff, there are some times where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I know that somebody probably said something because of X, Y, and Z, but I don't even look at the comments. I'm like, I can't do it. Like, why yeah. do I want to put myself in that place to where I feel crappy or bad? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Also like, Sometimes what the people say also doesn't make sense because everyone has their perception of life. Like in Spain, we say everyone has asses, but you don't have to show to everyone. You know what I'm saying? You have your ass, but you don't have to show to everyone. <laughs> so the comments and the opinions are the same. Like I have an opinion, but I don't have to say it all the time because I'm not a judge. Even the people think I am someone, I am no one, you know? So who am I to say something about someone? Like if they ask me, yes, like, hey, how is my look? I will say, oh, you need to fix this and this. If you can fix it in one minute, then say it. If you cannot fix it in one minute, don't say it. <laughs> I actually like that a lot. That's a very good perspective because 
it is true. Like if you ask for an opinion and somebody gives you a long opinion, it's going to make you feel bad. But if you don't have that much time, like a one, oh, NT, you gave me a good idea. I'm going to start using that all the time now. I'm going to be like, don't critique it unless it's a minute or under. Yeah. I want to get into some fan questions um, because I put it up. So we'd love to answer some of these. Let's see what we have here. We have asked them about their part in history in the ballroom community. Do you feel like the ballroom community helped you prepare for Drag Race España? Yes, yes, yes. Also in the in the casting, it was kind of like, uh, how many competitions have you been? And I was like, never in a drag competition, but for me, ballroom was my my training. It is a good training. Oh my god! Like, ballroom is the best training you can have in the world. Like, also the the most amazing artists come from ballroom. So it's the best training that I had. And you know, too, we were we were um, robbed. Of the experience of seeing you lip sync. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> that, I can only imagine because if you were in ballroom and if you're voguing and stuff, like, you know every, like, you know so much. You know all about, like, music beats. You know how to, like, you know, you did, but, like, there's so many things that you can do. So, mm. And also we have a category which is lip sync inside of ballroom, inside of the performance part. So I always was in the finals or winning. So I was kind of like, I'm so sorry, y'all. That's why I did also the tour because I was like, oh my God, these people, I mean, the people who love me, which I have some people, they need to see me. It's kind of like doing the tour for me was kind of like, I'm sorry for not giving you the show at the show. Here I am in person. Enjoy it. The next question I have is the Spanish series had the most loving and respectful judges and to be honest, contestants too. Did it feel like that on set? Is that a part of your culture? Or did you even feel that way? I mean, you may not have. I think in the set, we can see like, we really didn't want to be the villain of the season. No one. No one. Actually, with the cultural appropriation and everything, everyone was kind of like this, like very tense. So, yeah, I mean, it's part of our culture. No, we are very shady, actually. We are so shady. I mean, for example, Pupi at the, at the confessionary is, is the example of how we Spanish people we are. I mean, there is a lot of love. There is a lot of real things. We love each other a lot, but we are very, very shady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, your next fan question that we have for you is, what happened during the Grand Hotel de las Reinas tour? Did you have fun? How was your experience? It was amazing. It was so amazing. I think, I hope everyone can have the chance to have this kind of experience because it was it was amazing. Especially for me, the best part was when we arrived to Torremolinos, which I, I never been. And for me, it was like, ew, Torremolinos, because it's kind of like where all the gay people like go to, to do uh, to vacations and to party. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be with a lot of uh, white cisgender men without t-shirt. I was like, this is going to be a mess. 
but suddenly it was amazing. Like there is a lot of kind of people. There is a lot of party also, but it was it was the beach. It was uh, also the people from the south is very nice. It's amazing the people from the south. So yeah, also we were rehearsing in this amazing theater, which was uh, so huge at the hotel, which was a uh, ritual, which is a gay hotel. So everything was all the time like a show or going to the pool. It was amazing. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Do you get along with the girls afterwards? Like, are you guys all close friends? Are you guys in yes. cliques? Like, what's the vibe? The vibes is that the we have each other, you know? This uh, thing really make us a family because after a pandemic, after being inside of a house all the time, suddenly you meet nine people that you don't know and you have this very strong experience uh, together and you only know, you and the and nine people know what happens and how it happens. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, all the time we have a group chat <laughs> and we are like, uh, yeah, like it was kind of like, I'm going to this bar, who comes with me? Yeah, me, me, me. And we were like, ah. Oh, someone was like, no, I'm going to be at the at the room. Uh, so maybe tomorrow. It was, and it's still like this. We were like all, all, all the other day talking about having a New Year's dinner to see each other. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really good that you guys, you know, actually have like a good bond because I know over here, <laughs> <they're> like, <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky if you have one friend. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I think that the girls here, after the seasons have gone on, it's been harder and harder for them. Like the first few, oh. I think the first like five or six seasons of Drag Race, everybody was a lot more close knit. And then once they saw the fame come, it became something different. Oh. Um, next question for you is Let's see in six years. Yeah, <laughs> let's see in six years what happens. <laughs> The next question for you is, you are Bolivian and live in Belgium. How did you end up auditioning for Drag Race España? Because I'm a Spanish. I mean, I'm Bolivian, but also I consider myself a Spanish because I grew up here. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of like, yeah, I had to do it, you know, like I could have auditioned to Drag Race UK perfectly, but I was like, maybe the jokes, it will be a, a beverage, you know? I, so yeah. So I was like, no, I was kind of afraid, you know. So I rather to be in Drag Race España, but yeah, Drag Race UK was um, it was in my mind. Yeah. Next one is how is the Bolivian drag scene? Have you ever done anything like that, or have you kept in contact with anybody? How is that scene? Sadly, there is not that much a scene, and sadly, I don't have that much contact. That's why one of my goals this 2022 is to go to Bolivia to develop myself as an artist and see what is going on there. Like, what is the queerest thing? Why didn't you wear your original idea for the My Roots runway, where you were going to come out with your body completely covered in blood rather than the white dress? Okay, here's the secret of all of them. There is no uh, first idea of runway. Like there wasn't like a, a first option. The thing is, the um, the judges told me they didn't like my dress and my boots, and I did it on purpose. Like I put white shoes and and white dress because the focus of the outfit was the headpiece and the cape. So for make it more obvious, 
in the picture, I took off the, the dress and the boots. <laughs> so the focus again goes to the headpiece and the cape. And one thing happens was the um, I didn't organize myself well, so I text the day before of the of the episode air to the photographer and I say, "Oh my God, tomorrow is gonna air the episode. Can you send me a, at least one picture to post tomorrow?" And he was like, hey, "No, I'm doing a shooting in Ibiza. <laughs> I'm so busy. What can we do?" And I was like, "Okay, I have this picture that you sent it to me with quality. Maybe can you can edit uh, edit this and <laughs> and we." we fixed something you know and that was the first picture it was the picture with the blood ah yeah <laughs> it makes sense makes sense all right next question i have for you ask her about the outfit she wore about her roots when she said that indigenous people wore it to survive and scare spaniards when the outfit was never worn or created by indigenous people in that zone called Altiplano Sudamericano. And it's actually a Christian outfit from the late 1800s used in religious ceremonies. It was very insensitive on her part and very offensive. Mm, I don't think that's true. Maybe I'm wrong. You never know with South American history because there is a lot of mixed culture and a lot of colonization. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's true because actually what carnival means is the opposite of religious, you know, which is means like party, drinking, dress up. So it was illegal in uh, when when they were doing it before. And it was kind of like our re rebellion, you know. In all South America, also in the Caribe. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how to answer to that. Maybe I, I need to 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 search more. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, maybe we'll all learn something. You never know. Yeah. Um, next question that I have from you is the following. Oh, oh. <laughs> what do you think differentiated Drag Race España from the rest of the Drag Race franchises. Did you feel like España was any different? Yes. Yes, yes. I don't want to be shady, but we are real. We are like this and, and we show it, you know? There is no branding. Like, we maybe we have a persona, but we are, we are not branding, you know? So we are not focused on, on look at the camera and say our catchphrase, you know? We're focused on having fun and and if they ask something like, hey, uh, what do you think about someone's outfit? We were like answering without any problem, you know? So it wasn't kind of like a, that's the problem that I have with uh, with now the drug race, which is uh, there is a lack of authenticity. Authenticity? Yes. Yeah. Authenticity, like there is no authentic people. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like, no, it's true because it always feels like everybody's looking for that for that moment, that moment of like, oh yeah. my gosh, like I need to say my catchphrase so I can put it on a t-shirt or I need to do this and that. Yeah. But I I think that that was the big thing about España that I loved and so many people loved is that you guys were all in there for a competition and you guys all did your best, but Basically, you guys were all still a family at the end of the day. Everything was very real. Everything came off very real. 
it wasn't like you were playing a part and that was good. Yeah. I would love to know, just for my knowledge, who is the Supreme in Spain? Like, what is she the equivalent of? The Supreme could be a, um, a peppermint of drag, a very good performer who do, who do know how to conduct to host a show in a bar. So there was a lot of castings in Spain for do the RuPaul um, play to be the RuPaul of Spain. And and she got the she got it because she is very good. She's very good. But if we talk about about career, like like RuPaul, for example, it could be like Prohibida. Like Prohibida is another uh performer which she was very, very I mean she's very, very famous and she has a very important name because she has been very famous in South America also and, and yeah she has a very good CV. <laughs> But she's also good, but also Supreme is very good. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Let me ask you, I ask this to all the girls that come through here. You do not have to break contract for this, so don't worry. (laughs) But was there any moment that didn't get shown on camera that either was a very, like, happy moment, something that you wish would have, a conversation, like you said, that you guys were all living in a house? Was there anything that you really loved or you really hate it that wasn't shown? Was there anything that you wish would have been shown? I wish they could record also what happened in the house or, or the time we were eating. That was the that was the most special part of all of the fucking show. Like we were like very, very loose, you know, very having fun and saying all of the jokes that we know, you know? So I miss that part. Like maybe I hope next year. They can record the part where where we're at the lunch or something like kind of like a like a behind the scenes because for me that was like I couldn't stop laughing like I really met them and and yeah that's when we fell in love with each other. <laughs> <sighs> that that would have been that's so cool though like that you got to have that experience like living somewhere like with everybody you're experiencing the same things. Wait, okay. You said living. I have a question for you then. When you were eliminated, did you have to go <laughs> back to the house? Yes. If I am regretting of something, it was to be at the house that much time. <laughs> like I could at least have been has been one week more or something. <laughs> yeah. Because we have to stay all the all the month there. Wow. With Macarena. All right. <sighs> So let me ask you, as we are closing all this out, what is next for NT? Like, what do you have coming down the pipeline? Is there anything that you're excited to, like, branch off on this year, our new 2022? If I am honest, I don't have any plans for this year. I have some gigs, I have some music dropping, but... And also the things are confidential, and the other half is uh, what the destiny brings to me. Yeah. Are you are you excited for this year? Are you more excited yes. than last year or no? More yeah. exciting. More exciting. I don't know. I, uh, I, yeah. Because last year I was a child. I mean, I am a child. I'm 21. But last year I was other person. And this year, this year I'm, I'm another completely person. So I'm, I really want to experience this year because now I, I, I know how to choose. And, and I know what I want. So 
I'm sure that that is going to go well, especially too that like, I think that you have so much untapped potential that the world hasn't seen. Like I still like, you know, like I said, like, you know, lip syncing, voguing, like, you know, all of this stuff. And you have a lot of creativity into looks and how you are as an individual. So I think that it's only going up. And if you were just 21 now, I mean, imagine, imagine what it's going to be like in a few years. Like, that is going to be so great for you as an individual. And I'm very happy that you took the time also on the show to talk, you know, about being non-binary. I love that you have brought that forward and also your representation. I know that a lot of young LGBT youth can struggle sometimes with being accepted or their identity. What do you have to say to people who are in the community who may be struggling to come out and be themselves? Time. Again, time. No one, you cannot build a house in one day. And if you can, maybe it's going to fall off apart in two seconds. So you're building up yourself. You're growing up every day. It's just not like, okay, now I am this and I'm going to be this for all my life. No, you're going to change and change and change and change. You have to focus on accept yourself every time. And that's it. No focus on, on the change, no focus on, on other things, just focus on, on accepting. And that's, that's where the relief comes because you're not fighting with anyone, not even with yourself, which is the most important part. Yeah. I think that is a really strong you know, thing to say too, like just concentrating on time. Like everything happens with time. And when the time is right, you will know the time is right. Like you feel it, you you feel that sense. Listen to yourself also. Focus on yourself and, and have your own conversations with yourself because I remember the parts of my life where I was having success and I was, remember, remember why I have this? And I was like, okay, it's because I have a really good conversation with myself. I was like, and now I should do this, now and this. And the times that I was more lost is the times that I was not speaking with myself. So even if you look crazy, have conversation with yourself because you're going to know the answer and you're going to know what to do. Are you also a psychologist? Like, come ah. on. Like, that was, that was spot on. That's, that's very funny that you said that because I had a therapist one time who told me the best thing that you could ever do is just check in with yourself. Ask yourself questions. Are you okay? Are you happy? What's going on? Because you may not realize what you're feeling on the inside until you say it out loud. Also ex exteriorize things. Say it, uh, try to talk with someone. Like if you think you can handle it, mm, I'm sorry, but no, you can't. Like you need to speak about it to even, even to relieve also. So yes, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm a person with a lot of traumas. I always say it. <laughs> so I have to, I have to grow up uh, very, very fast which is good, I guess. <laughs> it has its pros and cons, but I mean, you know, you growing up fast led you to be doing drag and doing so many amazing things at a young age. So, I mean, you are going to be successful. You're going to be like doing so many things. I'm so, so proud that Drag Race España kind of showed the world a little bit of a different side of drag. I think that it was exactly what I needed during pandemic and COVID to be able to see, like you said, like a family. It just felt 
more like there was love and acceptance for each other. So as we are closing this out, my last question to you is, if you could put on another drag queen's shoes for one day and live their life, past or present, for one day, who would you choose? For one day. I mean, it could be either Divine, RuPaul, or Violet Chachki. Violet Chachki, yes. Yes, I would love to know, like, yeah, her day by day. It seems interesting. She's a very amazing, she's the blueprint of drag right now, you know? Like, I would love to see how, how is her day by day. Also RuPaul, of course, in the 90s. I would love to live her experience of going to award shows and dress up uh, Bob Mackie's, of course. <laughs> and, yes. And Divine, because she has an amazing team. Like, actually, her image was created. She didn't even get it. Ch- like, I would love to, to be her one day, you know, like, all the, all the amazing things that she did also in the field. Yeah, she did a whole lot. And just be also being in a John Waters film. I'm always like, that would have mm-hmm. been so cool. Well, thank you so much, Inti, for being here on Exposed Dragged Out. Now, Inti, where can we find you on the social medias? In Instagram, I am, I am Inti. And also they can find me in TikTok in the same name and also in Twitter. But... I'd rather that you find me in Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> Twitter is just bullshit. <laughs> so make sure to go and follow Inti on TikTok and Instagram, Twitter if you maybe want to, like she said. But thank you guys so much again for listening to Expose Dragged Out. Go and you better be subscribed to the podcast page. You better be giving me a five-star rating. Put a comment in there. Tell me what you liked about this interview when you review it because reviews are great. And I love reviews. I love you guys. Thank you all so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out, brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race. The Dip with two P's dot com. That's the dip with two P's.com. Use promo code EXPOSE for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, the daily pop culture podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, The Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am the Cute One, American and Ashley Olsen Podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh. You're right.